listener exclusive. It is Tuesday, April 26th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. Um, what are you laughing my, at? My name is Charlie Clossett. You what are you laughing at in this comedy <laughs> profile what is it that you're like just at? just your high energy introduction your croaky voice your high energy intro uh i take it comedy festival has has come to an end uh you are uh as we exit the anzac day weekend of football you are also you have fought your own battles uh how are you feeling uh, another comedy festival come to a close yeah i mean it was it was definitely definitely difficult like you know in a, I haven't done three weeks of shows since 2019, like three weeks in a row. And so I did the last, I think, 14 days or something without having a night off to do a show every night. So it's, yeah, I felt it. I felt it in my bones a little, you know, particularly with the travel and getting home and stuff. I must admit that, yeah, I definitely have that, you know, if, if the AFL, you know, when they speculate about having like an all-star game or a state of origin game and sometimes... They're like, oh, you know, we'll do it in the final series with players that aren't competing in the finals. Or we'll do it straight after the grand final. Yeah. You know, that's the time. That is not the time. <laughs> like, as soon as the grand final is done, everybody is like, I do not need to think about football. Or, or is it more like, like you know, a West Coast Josh Kennedy kind of thing? Because he's a bit older now. And so the idea is, well, maybe you don't fly him across the country. You're not, you're not going to take him to the Gold Coast or to Brisbane mm. or whatever. You keep him for the home game. So... Maybe that's what we should be doing is like, I'll do a two guys, one cup when Will's at home. But if, if Will's had to travel, it's just, it's just too much. Mm. <laughs> He's a veteran now. Can't travel. <laughs> Can't do the podcast on the road. <laughs> that would be great. Only doing episodes when I'm in my own home. I just like, to be honest, like I just can't do this this travel. I can't be funny and travel at the same time. It's too hard. I mean, are we ignoring the idea that we should have like a reserve for two guys, one cup? Should be there, should mm. there be a couple of hosts in the twos running around that we can have a look at in the case that you do pull up, you know, sore after a, you know, fourteen days of, of doing shows? Is there a couple of comedians running around in the twos that we could throw in? To the mix. I mean, it depends what we consider to be the twos, right? Like because to use AFL, because we're at the very bottom. You're saying that we have the lowest, the lowest say, competition. There's no competition. It's hard to go to somebody and say you're worse than us. Here's the call up. You've been caught up to two guys, one cup. How humiliating! You've been, you've been called across at worst. You're the first person to be called down. That's what it'd be. We'd be taking people from a higher grade to bring them down to our level. That would be the truth. Now, uh, yesterday, Will, obviously Anzac yes. Day clash, um, biggest non-grand final. Well, you know, I'm sure the interstaters will will contend differently, but biggest uh, home and away game. Well, the behind year. the grand final and the Q clash, and the Q clash, yeah, the banana, the banana Barney. Um, uh, so, uh, two guys, one cup favorite, Jack Genevan, uh best on ground performance, wins the medal, five goals. How do you think Kane Corns was feeling at that moment? I mean, I, I haven't heard 
And I must admit, like, I did not get to, yeah, find out what the weekend of the comedy festival and then traveling. I did not get to see any footy this weekend. But I did notice the headline that our boy, Jack Ginnivan. Can we call him? Is he Ginnivan? Ginnivan? Cheeky Jack Ginnivan, let's call him. Cheeky Jack Ginnivan. Jumping Jack (laughs) Ginnivan got in. And this is like Kane Corns' worst nightmare, really. (laughs) This is the fact that he has been running this kid into the ground, the idea that he won't be able to show it on the ground and that he's walked onto the third biggest stage in AFL football behind the grand final, the Q Clash, and then Anzac Day and managed to absolutely dominate, win the Anzac medal. It's going to be tough for... It's going to be tough for Kane to have an issue with this this morning, but I'm sure he'll find a way to have an issue with this this morning. Well, in Kane's defence, he did send out a tweet last night, which I've got here, which is uh, uh, he he posted a photo of of Jack winning the medal and saying, I'm sure this won't be mentioned on Footy Classified tonight. Well done, young man. You're good for the game. Light work. (laughs) Do you think... Now, can you tweet through gritted teeth? Is that actually Mm. possible? (laughs) I mean, I think that... You know, there's going to be the, the narrative becomes that this is actually Kane. Yes. This is where this. If you're really good at changing the narrative, you start claiming credit for the fact yeah. that since you were saying to him, just back it up on the field, he's managed to go out there and back it up on the field. And the reason that he's actually accelerated his progress is because that extra pressure. You've put a little bit of extra pressure on a uh, on some coal, and it's turned into a diamond. That's what Kane's got to do. He's not going to like put his head between his legs and feel embarrassed by this. He's got to go on the attack and say those five goals. Basically, he may as well have kicked them himself. Well, there was a few things came back to bite uh, some commentators this week. So there was Jack Genevan, obviously, uh, Connor Rosie, who Kane Corns, I think you know, in round one or two said he's not living up to his potential. He's the biggest disappointment that Port Adelaide's got. Last two weeks, Connor Rosie's moved into the midfield and had like 30 plus touches each week, been best on ground. And so he's had to eat some humble well, pie there. If I was, no, if I was Kane, I'd be claiming that too. Oh yeah. <laughs> I put a rocket up Connor Rosie. I'm fixing the AFL. I'm going around telling people they're no good and then they're getting good. And then there was Nick Revolt, who after round one said Jack Higgins should be dropped. Uh, since that time, Jack Higgins is probably the most informed small forward in the competition, third in the Coleman. <laughs> and they even, uh, after that game on Friday night, they uh, had they were, they were interviewing Jack Higgins and they had Nick Revolt on the couch there as well. <laughs> and it was just, it was great. I guess Nick Revolt, if he was going to take the same approach as Kane Corns, shouldn't he be asking, well, why is Reece Stanley still no good? Like if this is mm. the tactic of, yeah, give a guy a rocket and then he performs, what's going on with Reese? Well, what I would say is that Reese Stanley got another drive-by from Nick Rewalt over the oh, did he? <laughs> That I did hear. Yes, <laughs> oh, amazing. I caught <laughs> the end of that game, and I was like, Nick was like, you know who was not good tonight, Reese Stanley. And I was like, yeah, did he really? <laughs> I mean, I love that he has to like. It's a rhetorical question when he says, you know, yeah. who wasn't good tonight. Like, no one needs to. Like, everyone, everyone puts their hand up yeah. in the studio. And go, Reese Stanley. Yeah. I believe even Reese Stanley. We got Reese Stanley on the phone. He, his guess is me look when it comes to drive-bys as well um uh, mm. kane had a bullet left in the chamber for the bulldogs let's let's hear what kane had to oh, say yeah. about the bulldogs so so forget port adelaide forget essendon mm. the western bulldogs played in the grand final last yeah. year so since half time of the grand final how badly has things gone 
for the mm. Western Bulldogs. I've heard whinging about teams singing their songs. I've seen Luke Beveridge blow up in press conferences. I've seen their players be uncompetitive, losing contested footy five out of the six games. I see their midfielders chasing kicks, but not chasing the opposition when they've got it. So they're in a world of hurt. That uh, could be alternate lyrics for Imagine, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> what I love is also that he, he has a direct line from halfway through the grand final. Yeah, yeah. Like halftime <laughs> at the grand final. That is where the rot started. That's where it's all gone wrong from halfway through the grand final. I think you'll find halfway through the third quarter is actually the real result because halfway through the third quarter, we were 19 points up on a team that no one else in the competition thinks they can even beat this season. So, yes, look, I mean, we're not playing at our best. But the weird thing about the Bulldogs is that – we're also still, you know, thereabouts in each of these games. Mm. Like, we're not a million miles away from, like, playing good football. So, yeah, I mean, we're obviously in – I mean, it's a terrible start to the season. And there's no way – like, they went into this season hoping they could finish top four. And there's just no way now that you could see the Bulldogs finishing top four. And there's obviously going to be, you know, tight contests to even get in the eight. But you'd still think they're not playing so terribly, the Bulldogs, that – you know, they're so far away from it. They're just not winning it, games. It feels, you, you just, as a neutral observer, you're just waiting for the Bulldogs to click because you mm. just sort of feel like they're all out of sync. I mean, that game, not to dump on Caleb Daniel, but there was a huge mistake at the end and a very uncharacter, uncharacteristic of Caleb Daniel to just make a skill error like that. So you just get the sense that there is this lack of cohesion and everyone. And I think Bont's carrying an injury as well. Now, the fact that he's yeah. spending so much time up forward to me suggests that he's like carrying an injury. But I do like the way Kane, I mean, what I've realized now is, mm. is Kane is the perfect heel. Like he is the Vince McMahon of the AFL because the scatter, sh the scatter gun approach he has to criticizing the dogs, ranging from them whinging about someone else singing their song to mm. losing the contested ball. Like <laughs> those two things I don't feel are linked. At all. Like one is, is, is seriously uh, an on-field performance and something that you can rectify just through application and effort. The other one is just like a, it's a furphy, really. Like this song is not really, do you think, I mean, do you really think that the song on, on a list of contributing factors to the dog's poor start to the season, this song ranks up there in the top 10? No. In fact, the song is one of those great things in the AFL where you could use it for either side of the argument. So if the Bulldogs had come out like breathing fire at the start of the season, it'd be like, you know, they've got a real fire in their belly. They were even pissed off that Melbourne was singing their victory song. This has been burning them all summer. Like the song is one of those things that absolutely has no effect one way or the other, but you can throw into any argument just as an extra bit of flavor. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's not necessary to the recipe, but you just kind of throw it in at the end as a bit of garnish. Well, they big on symbolism. In the mm. AFL. Like, that's the thing I noticed about the Saints game is... Uh, so, Jack Higgins was criticised in round one for not giving a handball to Jay Gresham running into an open goal. And that was, you know, considered in, in, endemic of his selfishness and the selfishness of the team. And then in the final, the final goal of the game was... Jack Higgins marks 15 metres out directly in front and then under pressure handballs to Brad Crouch running into an open goal. And it's like, oh, this is where the commentators... This is where they feel like they can... They're all like Martin Flanagan in this yeah. instance. They all get to weave, you know, like, oh, the symbolism, the symbolism. You know who's not Martin Flanagan, Will, mm -hmm. is, uh, is Robbo. And look, let me just no. preface this by saying he's back, baby, and I love it. And the balance and the formula of 360 never felt quite right when it was Nick Revolt or Jason Dunstall, but now Robbo's back. It's right, because just... it's not like, I mean, 360 is footy from all angles. 
Yeah. And there was an angle that was missing, which was the <laughs> drunken idiot angle. <laughs> the rambling was... drunken idiot angle. I just, I mean, part of my fascination, and I watched a lot of 360 last week because the first episode I watched was just so like, it was vintage Robbo. And I was like, I'm going to have to just, I'm going to watch this, but pay attention more to, to, to Jared to see how he copes. And I, I've been trying to find the right analogy. I mean, we used a serial killer one last year that he's just sort of sitting there, just like, you know, watching him based in his own stupidity. But I think it's more like, Han Solo and Chewbacca. Mm. You know how like Han Solo is the only one who can understand what Chewbacca is saying? Right. Because Robbo sits there and growls and grumbles and takes his glasses off and rubs his face with his hands and stuff and then makes some kind... And then like Jared just nods and then clarifies the point really succinctly and they right. move on. It's like, oh, I had no idea what he was saying, but you've just like crystallized that like one minute ramble what, what was going on. Yeah, so J Jared's greatest ability is translating for Robbo. Is that what yes. you're saying? Yes, a hundred percent, and keeping it on track. Now, um, let's just. This is. <laughs> I've got a couple of clips from three hundred and sixty during the week that caught my attention. This, to me, if you're wondering if Robbo's back, just take a listen to this. In preparation for a long night, Jared, yes, of us talking, or especially you talking tonight, <laughs> I brought in a, a bottle of red. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a bottle of red on television. <laughs> Not a bottle, a glass. A like you do a bottle an hour, couldn't you? <laughs> if you had some. <laughs> I could do a bottle an hour. Could I reckon you? he has a bottle of the hour before the show, so I can't imagine that like having a bottle while the show was on would actually do any damage. It'd probably keep him in the right spot. Okay, so that was Monday night. Yeah. And so then I, uh, the next night I was like, oh, geez, like Robbo's back. What's going to happen next? Now, the, the greatest difficulty, I think, for Jared, and he does it masterfully because Jared is such a pro, is keeping Robbo on track. There's a running sheet. Clearly, they have an agenda. That's literally, you know, the name of their segment, what's on the 360 agenda. But watching Robbo stray all over the place, and it's really masterful. So this is um, Jared wanting to talk about the um, um, uh, uh, arms up is 50 rule, the kind of the, the descent rule. So mm. listen to how Robbo derails this in a matter of seconds. Shall we debate the future of the country or shall we stick with the debate that is livening every supermarket, bakery, butcher shop, cafe that I've been in in the last three days and stick with arms out as 50, mate. Uh, yeah, Jared Healy's calling it hands out. <laughs> I was going to ring up that friend out and say, Jared, it's, hands, it's arms out 50. Um, oh, there's three big debates in Australia right now. There's, there's that, the future, and the transgender debate, Jared. What? We won't talk about that. We'll do that another time. Well, That's we a won't. great debate. <laughs> What, what the hell? Why this would you possibly bring that up in that context? Like, in any context, to be fair, why would you bring that up? But, like, to yeah. just throw that in the mix and then say, we won't be talking about that? Well, yes. you could have made that decision before you said that out loud. But the thing is, like, the way Jared set the segment is perfect. He's like, there's two debates. There's an election, who's going to lead Australia, and then there's the hands-out debate. What do you think about that? And then he just goes, I'm just going to pull the handbrake and take us into a completely new direction and then actually not talk about it at all. Well, no, what, I, what I enjoy is Jared's asked him a question that only has two answers, right? Like, is, yeah. are we going to talk about the election or are we going to talk about arms out? And Robbo has managed to go <laughs> via Jared Healy to give him a drive-by <laughs> to say it's actually, yeah. it's, he's saying it's hands out when it's arms out. <laughs> Got to give him a call and have a bit about that. Yeah. Then recap to what the debates are and just thrown 
trans people into the mix just for this is a good debate we won't talk about it now but it'd be good to get into oh, would it be good to get into yeah. <laughs> can you imagine like robo adding anything of value to an, a debate around transgender transgender people um, no absolutely not and uh, there's a bit after this that I, that was a bit too long to include but it's literally jared as clearly as possible saying to robo we have a running order can you please stick to what? <laughs> like, you know, the pre-production meeting we have, the one where you're cracking open that first bottle of red? Just remember, we try and stick to this. We only have an hour to get through everything. But having said all that, fantastic. Like, it's so good. That, that dynamic is so remarkable. And it made me kind of go, oh, maybe I should check out a few more of, you know, what's going on on these, these Fox Footy, these dedicated programs. Now, I haven't seen after the game. I haven't had the courage to watch that yet. But I did. Is that how he's is, is after in. the game? How he show the one that is on yeah, Saturday night? Good. Yeah. So I watched right. the first yeah, yeah. like fifteen minutes or so of it the other night, um, yeah. and it's it's yeah, it's absolutely fine. It's like it's less like a variety show that I thought it was going to be. It really just feels oh, like okay. a post match footy show. A lot of it's just like general footy a bit chat more about more relaxed. Yeah, the, and, but, is it a bit more relaxed? Relaxed around the sort of couch, but doing that thing post the game where you know they're having a chat about the game or the weekend or whatever, but then they'll go to a live cross with you know one of the players who's just played in the game and the conversation. Like Bucks might ask a serious question, but they'll ask a couple of fun questions around it as well. So, I mean, there's a live band there. Who was in the live band, Charlie? If you haven't seen the show and you had to guess, it is uh, a football be, live band. Robert, who um, was in the live Robert, band? Um, What's his place? The guy played for Melbourne, Robbo. Russell Robinson. Robo yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Correct Robo answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did Brett Lee somehow squeeze his band in there somehow? Well, you know, Six and out. Lee plays in the band as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they got Richard Cheekway down. <laughs> I, uh, I, but I, I watched The Bounce on Sunday mm-hmm. and I haven't watched it since, you know, uh, we watched it on your couch a couple of years ago where we actually were quite impressed with the dynamic between Spud and Jason Dunstall started off dismissive and then was like, you know what, you know, it, it serves a purpose. What's your bounce but, lineup these days? Like, so let me see if I can name it off the top of my head. So you've got the chief, you've got Jason Dunstall. Is Cam Mooney yeah. a member of the Cam Mooney, bounce? the big cat, uh, big hairy cat. Yeah. Bernie Vince, is Bernie Vince a bounce? Uh, Bernie Vince is a rotating member. He wasn't on this week. Okay. It was Ben Dixon was sitting where Bernie Vince normally, normally sits. Right. And then there's a non-AFL Andrew Gaze. Uh, is Andrew Gaze? Who is kind Andrew Gaze, yes. who is sort of filling now the spud role, who's kind of like the the, the clown mm. to 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 Jason Dunstall's sort of grumpy grumpy host. But watching it, you know, a couple of years later and, and without Spud, honestly, who is this show for? <laughs> like, <laughs> I I just I can't believe that there is a live studio audience that they get in every week to watch this because I don't, because it's, I mean, you know what? You could level the same argument against two guys, one cup. It's not really comedy and it's not really a sports show. It sits sort of, it's more of a show about bullying. That's what it seems to be. It's really just a show that showcases how uh, middle-aged men like bully each other. They show clips of each other in their playing days, you know, crying or getting injured and making fun and then coming back and making fun of each other. No headlocks, uh, but, you know, there's, it's, the, it's the equivalent of a verbal headlock. Like if, if the bounce was a retail store, like if you, you know, sometimes you walk past a shop in a, in a shopping strip and you're like, what is, like, who are they selling to? And then you're like, and this must be a front yeah. for a drug deal. Are you suggesting that the bounce is a front? Yes. <laughs> it's like a money laundering operation or something? Yeah. I'm wondering because it's like, you know, the AFL gets a lot of money for gambling. Uh, Maybe some of that stuff's tainted. They just have to clean it. It's like we have to spend 
some of this money. Why don't we do this like mock footy comedy show? And like, if they're getting a TV show, surely we get a TV show. Well, I mean, I think as long as we're willing to launder money on behalf of the AFL, <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> so. Well, they've, they've gone pretty all out with their sponsor. Like it's now the Ford F-150 bounce. And there's like, there's a picture of a F-150 ute behind them on, on every angle. And every segment is brought to you by the Ford F-150. And so it's like, it is essentially like a half hour or hour advertorial, but I just, I would love to know, and maybe people can message us on at two guys, one cup AFL, Twitter and Instagram. Please let me know if you are an avid bounce fan. Like, is that your kind of Sunday appointment after the last game? You're like, got to see what the boys on the bounce have to say. I think it's family entertainment. I honestly do. Like, I what think kind that's... of family though? The Manson family? Like, who's enjoying? <laughs> like, if if you went, if you were a teenager and you went around to your mate's yeah. place and they're like, "Hey, uh, you know, you can you're welcome to stay for dinner," and afterwards we all sit around and we watch our gather around the old television and watch the bounce. <laughs> like, who's doing that? And then even more psychopathic, who's buying or getting a ticket to go to the studio audience for the mm. bounce? I feel like buying is probably. Too big a word. I can't imagine yeah, that anyone's sucks. buying a ticket for a live studio version of the bounce. But it did occur to me when I was watching Howie's show that, that after the game on the Saturday night, they have like, a, you know, at least 50 people there in the studio audience. And this is like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. That's a big, because it's a live show. There's, you know, they're obviously yeah. not pre-taping it. They're talking to players post after the game. So like, how do you convince? Like, I do want to know. Who are the people who are going into, like, Foxtel? They're going into, like, at, like, 10.30 on a Saturday night to sit in the audience of kidnapped? Are you suggesting they're kidnapping I would say it's the people who are held in detention. Like, people who are seeking asylum, they just probably get them out of the hotel, ship them, and it's like, you want to stay in Australia? Mm. you got to sit, you got to endure this. This is what being Australian is, mate. Cruel and unusual punishment banned <laughs> under the Geneva Convention. Imagine that if, like they said, if you really want to live here, all we ask you to do is you just have to sit in for 18 episodes of The Bounce in the live studio audience. If you make it through 18 episodes, we'll stamp your citizenship papers. It's that and knowing Don Bradman's average. That's how you become an Australian citizen. <laughs> uh, now, Will, back to the football. What were the first words you learned in English? Turn it up. Turn it up. <laughs> uh, back to the football. Uh, oh. Melbourne uh, continue on their merry way, just smashing everyone in front of them. It, mm. do, it does feel like for all the other teams, like it's a it's a race for second. That's that that's what it feels like. I'm wondering. Well, what what I will say about that is that somebody did publish um, some statistic about premiership teams that go six and zero to start the mm. season and how terrible a record they have of backing up premierships there's like some stat that only like i think five out of six like premiership teams that have gone six and zero to start the season or something ridiculous like that haven't ended yeah. up winning the premiership so our only hope now is one of those historical statistical anomalies that's what we're that's basically well, what we're barracking for we're barracking for mason cox having a big preliminary final that is all we have <laughs> as a hope as the afl this year well, you know, uh, there's two statistics that have come out. So um, there's only, prior to last week or this round, there was only one club that's ever gone um, four wins, one loss and not made the eight. And that was St Kilda in 2019. <laughs> and then prior to that, there's only been like two sides that have ever like won 19 games in a row and not won the grand final. And that was one of those teams is St Kilda in 2019. So <laughs> maintaining the year St Killing me. 
Um, speaking of the Saints, actually, yes. um, let's speak we mentioned the we mentioned last week uh, the most important um, uh, factor to St Kilda's success is clearly Jade Gresham's eyebrows. Yes. Um, and uh, had a listener, Courtney, uh, write into us. She's gone, hey, guys, I was just listening to the Round 5 episode uh, where you talked about Jay Gresham's eyebrows. So I had a bit of a stalk on his profile. Mm. So it turns out his girlfriend is an eyelash technician okay, yes. with her own business. So it would not surprise me if she's also trained oh. in doing brows. Therefore, uh-huh. this leads me to conclude that she does his eyebrows. And yes, you can dye your eyebrows, Charlie. It's called a tint. As someone who gets their brows tinted, I see telltale signs that Jade's eyebrows are also tinted. So can we take that as confirmation? Do we take that to the bank? I I had already taken it to the bank. I've cashed (laughs) that check already. There was no (laughs) doubt in my mind that they had been tinted. uh, Like, I mean, they don't look like any other hair on the rest of his body. So that's normally a bit of a clue. I'm no Hercule Poirot, but I had kind of worked out that I thought perhaps they weren't his. But... I like this idea that it's an ad for his like his partner's business. Right. Like that's what he's doing. He's basically yeah. going out there going, look at these eyebrows. By the <laughs> way, if you'd like if if you'd like eyebrows <laughs> like this, get down to Mamiso's Bizzo. Well, he's plastered with sponsorship logos. So I mean, yeah. what 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 better advertising is there than like the, you know, the real deal? Like he's he's living proof that your eyebrows can look like excited cartoon quotation marks who's the sporting sponsor at the saints like the, the major, saints have a major, major sponsors rsea yeah. rsea the uh, workwear brand okay. but do you have like yaka. a do we have like a like a boots like does the afl like is there a nike or an adidas or a oh, i'm sure or do we, does do. everyone just standard wear their own I think close because sometimes the teams have their own individual sponsors, don't they? And then someone ends up wearing a pair of boots that they pretended like they put three Adidas stripes on them or whatever uh, yeah. because you know got an their club isn't sponsored or, or whatever. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I have, I don't. I can't think of any majors. Oh, New Balance, but I don't think they do footwear. New Balance sponsor the same. Okay. They do all our apparel, but I don't think they do shoes. What I'm really thinking of because I'm thinking about his eyebrows and I'm saying like. You could easily fashion one into, say, a Nike swoosh. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Right? Turn it upside down and it looks like a Nike yeah. swoosh. <laughs> so I'm just saying, is there an opportunity for Jade and his partner to sort of each week perhaps have a new little sponsorship arrangement up on the eyebrows? Oh, so three stripes for Adidas. Right. Yeah, like the Reebok kind of intersecting lines. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Or just like... Do one eyebrow as Nike and, and one eyebrow as Reebok and start a bidding no. war. Well, I think, no, I think week to week, it's just got to be a different sponsor. Like every week you've got to go like, like who's Jade's eyebrows sponsored by this week? And then it is as like whatever symbol it is. I, I, I would love to see that. Like Elon Musk puts in a few bucks, maybe gets the Twitter symbol above one of his eyes for one of the weeks. Well, do you think though, is Jay, if Jade was to, because uh, his form has been outstanding, he actually had a pretty quiet game on Friday, still kicked an amazing goal for the boundary line. But, you know, the Saints are traveling well now. And, you know, every Saints supporter and every, you know, Saints player I imagine is just like sticking to the routine, not wanting to kind of put the moz on us. If Jade Gresham was to run into kind of some, like he and his girlfriend have a fight or right. something like that, and she refuses to do his brows, is that an issue? Does he then have to find another person because that's got to be like if, if your partner is has done your brows for the last however many months years or whatever for you to then go see someone else it's kind of akin to cheating in a way really isn't it i mean i would think so 
If you come yeah. home with a stranger's tint all over your forehead. <laughs> stranger's tint. <laughs> <laughs> so he's kind of like, he's, if, he's, if his form truly mm. is linked to his eyebrows, then yeah. he has to stay in that relationship. Like he cannot break up with her. And he also cannot have anyone else do his eyebrows. No, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think we can... I mean, I think by now... Take that to got, the bank. I think we've got enough evidence to say for sure that it is definitely his eyebrows that have turned around his form. So lock in that relationship, Jay. That's all I say. Uh, now, we got sidetracked. We were talking about Melbourne. Yes. Um, I, I did want to ask a question, which is, are Melbourne supporters bored yet? Because I am bored watching Melbourne each week now. Because it's the same... Story. It's like a team hangs with them for the first quarter and then Melbourne just kind of like wake from this slumber and like, oh, we'll be good now. And we'll just blast you away in the third quarter and then just put it into neutral in the last. I mean, they literally just cruise in the last quarter going, let's just not get any injuries. Let's just like tap the ball around. and But no one go too hard because we don't want to get injured. Do you think Melbourne supporters are getting bored? Yeah, I, I don't think they are. Famously like flaky and kind of um, temperamental Melbourne supporters will go off to the ski fields at the drop of a hat. So do you think this is kind of boring them as well? And they're like, well, you know, the D's will be fine come September, so we can take the middle of the year off and go to the ski fields. Oh, I mean, I think they'll be happy to take a couple of weekends at the snow. But I think what you'll find is that they'll all gather together in their snow chalets and watch <laughs> Melbourne games and celebrate how great Melbourne go are. Like. Yeah, go do is I think that, you know, rewatching the grand final, like, no, I think they would be loving it. Like, I've never had, I can't really remember, like, I mean, there's been a couple of seasons where the Bulldogs have had, you know, seasons where they've won a lot of games, but I can't ever remember in my life really having that feeling of, oh, there's just Dominant. no way that we will lose on the weekend. And at the moment, if you're a Melbourne fan, you literally have just got to be thinking, not only there is no way we're going to lose, but their list is so deep that you're not even worried about... Like, they're not a team that one injury would... I can't identify no. a player... They've got where, guns wh who can't get in the side. It's crazy. Like, in most other clubs, if you took Bondabelli out of the Bulldogs, you go, okay, well, we just can't win the grand final, like, at this point, right? Like, the fact that he's yeah. clearly not fit and not playing in the middle is part of the reason I think that we're not winning these games. And But if you took Petrarca out of Melbourne... Melbourne would still be the best team in the competition. Yeah, they've got Clayton and that Oliver. Is... They've got Brayshaw. <laughs> right. They've got Viney. You take Max Gorn out, they've got Luke Jackson, who's like Max Gorn, but younger and more athletic. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> it's really, I mean, it, it's interesting. I feel like we've sort of been sleeping on the fact that Melbourne supporters, in the same way that Hawthorne supporters, Richmond supporters, like after enough success, you just start hating them. Yep. Melbourne supporters are perfectly primed to be the most loathed supporters going around because they already have that kind of yep. snooty silver tail reputation. And if you think about like that guy who got busted, you know, breaking all the quarantine rules and stuff to see the game. Yep. And then you read a bit about him and it's like, oh, like he's the most hissable private school you know, villain from every 80s teen movie you've ever seen. So it's like, that's what I think we're in store for. If Melbourne, like, continue on this way, it's like, oh, well, we're going to have, we're going to have a group, of, a team, maybe not a team, because you like the players, but we're going to have a group of supporters and we can all get together and hate equally, don't you think? I do agree with that. I do agree that there's, it's not across the board, but there is certainly an element of Melbourne supporters 
that are really slappable, you know, <laughs> really <laughs> arrogant and really slappable. And yeah, it is that very much that entitled private school, you know, this is how things yeah. are actually meant to be attitude that, um, yeah, yeah I, like the team, unfortunately, are quite likable. Despite the fact that I've tried to really hate them, I find it hard to hate them because there's so much personality, so many good like footballers. When they're not beating up your team, they're actually magnificent to, you know, watch go about their business oh, yeah. against other teams. I, I want to hate them more, but even like Oliver's like won me over, and he was the one that I was like, no, there's potential in him. He could be, I could really hate him. I was really getting used to the idea that I could hate him, and he's just bloody won me over and annoys me. <laughs> Well, uh, in the commentary on the weekend, Nathan Jones uh, was doing special comments mm. for Channel 7. And um, Hamish McLaughlin, I don't know... Well, I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to um, say to Melbourne supporters and by speaking to Nathan Jones directly that, like, oh, look, you've had so much heartache. This must be so enjoyable for now. But just listen to how clumsy this is. So just go back to what... And you were there, Nathan, between 07 and 15, nine seasons, 198 matches, 45 wins. Don't remind me, mate. Come on. But you've got to enjoy these good times. You lost 60 of those by 50 points or more. So as a Melbourne fan, this has been a long time in coming. Where it ends, who knows? But right now, enjoy these nights. How's Jonesy going to continue now? I was about to say, <laughs> he's trying to watch and enjoy. He's trying to enjoy the night, but look what Hammer's doing to him. Sorry. <laughs> What was that? Hey, your team's doing really well, but do you remember uh, when they were shit and you were captain yeah. of that shit when team? When you were playing. You... Remember when you, like for your entire career, when you were playing, they were shit and then they got really good and you couldn't get a game? Yeah, anyway, you're not playing anymore and they're great. <laughs> so in, so sit back and enjoy it. Yeah, it's sit like... back and enjoy the fact that this team that you're no longer the captain of or playing in is unbeatable because when you were captain and playing and the best player in the team, by yeah. the way, they were... Yeah. Terrible. They were the do you remember, worst. Do you remember when you used to be married to your wife and you could never make her come? And she all she did was complain about mm. you and it was the most humiliating thing and you were cuckolded mm. all the time. Now she's with this new guy and she's coming left, right and centre. Multiple orgasms all the right. time. So how sit back and enjoy it. Enjoy Why that? can't you just sit back and enjoy how happy she is now? Look at how happy she is. Well, it's time for everybody's favourite segment, the Pocket Profile Pocket. Um, we uh, Podcast Mike, who's not on yes. the call uh, today, I feel a bit like um, that the adults have left the room, even though Podcast Mike is probably, what, 20 years younger than both of us, yes. 15, 20 years younger. Um, he suggested we need a like a, a theme, an intro theme for the Pocket Profile Pocket. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not against it. Do we have to do anything? Do you think it anything? needs lyrics? Will no, somebody he'll, else he'll, like just yeah. do it for us? Then, yeah, 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 absolutely. Let's have one. <laughs> well, but do we want lyrics? Do we want some kind of like, you know, it's a, if you, um, you know, if your favorite player wears Rocket, it's a profile pocket, pocket. <laughs> I mean, I think Rocket is a good choice. Like, I mean, it's yeah. immediately the first thing that comes to mind when it rhymes with pocket. Um, <laughs> so uh, it, it needs to be one of those things if you're giving like a high five or a Rocket. It's time yeah. for player profile pocket. Pocket. Pocket yeah. profile Play pocket. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so say again. So if you're getting a high five or a rocket, it's time yeah. for the pocket profile pocket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Or maybe someone can just uh, grab that sample and, and, and whack it into a song. Or maybe okay, it's so, just like, we'll, we'll like, uh, f- fire like a rocket or absolutely cock it. It's time for the pocket profile pocket. <laughs> uh, this week, we're going to learn about GWS gun midfielder Tim Taranto. Okay. Uh, coming out of contract at the end of this year. Would love mm. to get him down in the Saints. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, how well do you feel you know Tim Taranto? Not at all. Not at okay. all. Okay. Okay. Well, let's 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 okay. get into it. So, um, what is his favorite non-AFL sporting team? I'll give you the city. It's an American city, Houston. Yep. Uh, the Houston uh, Rockets. No, the Houston Astros. Oh man, I should have gone with my first instinct. My first instinct was Astros, and then I was like, "Nah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It'll be the Rockets." Oh, all right, okay. All right, that's okay. That's fine. That's like you're the Ford Pocket who gave off the handball, even though he's in the better position because he'd been drilled. Because Nick Revolt during the week said Will yep. Anderson should be dropped. <laughs> when you really, you just got to learn how to stick, play your instinctive yeah, game. Yeah, I just got to trust my instincts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you go to AFL games when your team is not playing? Nope. Correct. See, this is now this is perfect. Didn't hesitate. Should the centre bounce be retained? <sighs> okay. Interesting. This is a tough one. I've uh, this has been a bit of a controversial one for me because I just assumed that most people wanted it retained. But obviously, in the last couple of weeks, we've had a few people saying, "Nah, get rid of it." Modern day player, been playing outside like traditional AFL landscapes, which might mean you know you're not bogged down to the traditional AFL. But he is like a midfielder. <sighs> no, keep it. Keep the bounce. No, he wants to get rid of it. Ah, damn That's it. a hard question, that one. Because you never quite know if it's like related to the age of the player or, you know, like it's, it's, it's it, where they play. Where they play, what their ruckman is. I just don't really know. But it turns out that a lot of modern players clearly have no affection for the bounce. They have much more affection yeah. for a daytime grand final than they have for the bounce is what I would say. Well, there was a classic moment on the weekend. I think it was the Bulldogs-Adelaide game where scores were quite tight you know, with, I think it was 15 seconds left in the clock. So enough time for a, a clear, like a center clearance and, and then a goal. The umpire bounced a ball, but bounced it badly and had to re-ball it yeah. up and took like three seconds off the clock. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, that works in Adelaide's favor, doesn't it? Yeah, it really did. Um, <laughs> in a game that we lost by a point. Great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if they got rid of the bounce, would yeah. they also have to get rid of the bounce? Oh, shit. Maybe that's what the question actually is. Should we get rid of the bounce? Capital letters. The yeah, bounce. yeah. I just don't think it's been as good since Spud died. <laughs> oh, jeez. We've been completely. Would they have to change the name of the bounce? Or can the oh, yeah, AFL essentially. add an extra question? After what do you think of the bounce? Should we keep the bounce? Can they add what do you think of the TV show, the bounce? I want their comments <laughs> yeah. on that as well. Um, okay, so what is his non-football wish for 2022? And my clue is that this is uh, uh, most regular people's uh, idea of a completely life-changing event. This is a thing that people, it's a hypothetical. If this happened, what would you do? Oh, uh, the, winning the, the lottery. He'd like to win winning the, the lottery. lottery. He'd like to win the lottery. Um, what's his scariest non-football moment? Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, it's something he named a teammate Isaac Cumming. It's 
doing something with Isaac coming. Uh, and it's a fairly it's a fairly common answer that we've done we've discovered in the pocket profiles over this season. Very simple. Um, he's scared of it, um, and he's done it with Isaac coming. He's, coming, yeah. I mean, he obviously hasn't done it with Isaac coming. I mean, well, maybe he has done it with Isaac <laughs> well, coming, yes. but that's none of my business. I hope <laughs> no, that Isaac was coming. There. Either way, that's <laughs> yeah. what I would suggest. But. It's, it, he, it's something um, that Isaac... Heights? Is that to do with Heights? Is it? No, it's being in the car with Isaac coming. Oh. It's a Isaac coming driving. Or maybe he's just saying being in the car while Isaac's coming. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Either sound pretty scary if you ask me. <laughs> Isaac coming driving. Okay. Um, so he went to... He did his Oz kick in Parkdale. Um, now, what was his common theme of his school report card? And I'm going to say that this is actually, he's making this up. I don't yeah. think any teacher would ever write this. Um, I, I don't even know how to give you a clue. Um, uh, is it positive or negative? It's kind of almost ambivalent in a way. It's the most, it is the most lukewarm praise that a student could get with a second note of, uh, 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 of, uh, encouraging them. Look, it's impossible. I can't give a clue for this. Um, is it that he had a perfect attendance record? That he came every day? No, that he paid no, attention? No, no. <laughs> no, Isaac Cumming came every day <laughs> while driving. <laughs> the common theme of his school report card, and he's put it in like quotations, so I'm assuming this is pretty good, could be better. I don't think any teacher has ever written a report which is like, your student's pretty good, but could be better. That. That doesn't sound legitimate, does it? I mean, I think he's paraphrasing. I don't think he's, like, even though he's used quotation marks, I actually Pretty think good. that he's Could paraphrasing. Or you think he's, he's doing it like a comedy festival review. Like, often you'll see in the comedy festival where if people use, like, a, like little, like, only a couple of words and they're in quotation marks, it means the longest sentence wasn't that complimentary, but you can just take a couple of words out of it that makes it sound good. So, like, maybe, like, is one of them pretty good? Was that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like... Could be better. Yeah, so obviously like the whole sentence might have been something like, if he came to class more often, that'd be pretty good. And he's just taken out pretty good <laughs> <laughs> and put it in quotation marks. Uh, did Tim Taranto have a part-time job while at school? No. He did. No. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, this is not a good... This is this is a bit like the Bulldogs game on the yeah. weekend, to be honest. Just not I no think connection. my pocket profile has been very... like it, it, it seems to be attached to the Bulldogs form. I feel like we're both yeah. in a form slump at the start of this season. <laughs> I agree. Uh, he worked at McDonald's. Okay, which teammate should run for political office in the future? Um, and I think... Stephen Cornelio. No, no. Ooh. This guy looks... He looks learned. Like when you see him... When he does... like He occasionally will do like panels and stuff like that. And he, he, he's very articulate and he wears glasses. And you're like, oh, yeah, he seems like the kind of guy who could probably go into state-level politics. Phil Davis? Phil Davis. Don't you reckon? Yeah. He's got long Phil hair, Davis. though. Vote one, Phil. The only thing that I was like yeah, stopping he'll cut was... it. he'll cut it when he runs. <laughs> he'll cut it when he runs for Parliament. <laughs> but, yeah, I could definitely say that. I think he'd probably do a pretty good job, too. He seems like a, a very intelligent, sensible person. Okay, now this next one is... It's probably the entire reason I, I picked Tim's okay. profile to yes. discuss this week because it, it's a callback to one of our, our favourites. The best storyteller at your club, and my clue is 
I wonder if he tells good bedtime stories. Uh, tells good bedtime stories. Um, okay, so... Um, if, you, if you need another clue, I've got one. Yeah, give me another clue. Okay, so this is a player that we discussed maybe a couple seasons ago uh-huh. where we came up in, with a nickname. For, I oh, think it was Sheets. the first time. Yeah. Sheridan. <laughs> Tommy, 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 Tommy Sheets. Sheridan. Sheets. Tommy, Tommy Sheets, Sheets Sheridan. Sheridan. <laughs> who I'm furious to discover is not known as Sheets yet. I thought that would have caught fire when we came up with that nickname. But uh, Tommy Sheets Sheridan is the best storyteller at the club. Um, the best social outing organiser at your club is a guy who... I've, I mean, I've, I think I've heard of him. The name sounds like a, 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 a character from a kid's book. <laughs> His first name is Zachary. Um, Zachary. No, I don't even know. Tell me. Zachary, Zachary Sproul. Okay, Zachary sure. Sproul. Um, no. The most tech-savvy teammate. His first name is Xavier. Uh, Xavier Rudd. The uh, <laughs> guitarist. Xavier O'Halloran. <laughs> How does Tim Taranto rate his cooking skills? Um, One out of five. Out of five? It's out of five, right? Yeah. Yeah. Four. Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his best nothing dish? Here. Nothing. Have you got one right yet? I think. No, I think maybe one, but just uh, the first one, and we got all excited. Um, um, okay, well, his be- his best dish. Now he's t- he's a Taranto. He's Italian. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I was going to say pasta. Yeah, what specific? And it's not like a fancy pasta. It's kind of pretty much your spaghetti bolognese. Spaghetti bolognese. What is his worst cooking disaster? Now this is an intriguing response. Okay. So not when he was at McDonald's as a kid. Like no, this is as an no, adult? no. This okay. is still in the Italian traditional Italian meal category. So he uh, he cooked a fancier pasta. Yeah. And then the second part of the question I'm baffled by, so we'll have to get into it. So just name me the pasta okay. that he, he he fucked up. I feel like maybe if it's we're talking about burning it, maybe a lasagna? Well, I didn't like say he burnt it. In the oven? It just was a oh, disaster. It was a disaster. Gnocchi? Gnocchi. gnocchi. Correct. He fucked up a gnocchi. Now, yeah. he says the worst cooking disaster was gnocchi for six people on debut. Now, is he talking that... There were six mm. players who came into GWS for their first game and the night before I said, hey, boys, come around. Mm. We'll carb load and make a nice gnocchi. Or was he saying, I was making, it was my debut performance making gnocchi for six people. Yeah, of making gnocchi. Originally, I thought it was the, yeah. the, the latter. That like he'd never made gnocchi before and he's gone, he's invited six people around and like tried to make some gnocchi, which... Yeah, he's had a. Uh, yeah, that that doesn't seem like a good idea. But I like your scenario, <laughs> that it's six players that are all making their debut, and Tim Taranto's invited them round for gnocchi and the night before. It they all got like terrible stomach pains. Couldn't play the next day. I mean, six people seems like a lot to de- debut 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 in one game. Yeah. No, I would suggest it was the first time gnocchi. he made. He had a okay. yeah a gnocchi shocker. All right. <laughs> A gnocchi shocky. Uh, is he a golf, tennis, or neither kind of guy? Mm, both. Neither. No, sorry, that's not true. He's golf. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Another intriguing answer to this question. Have you used Dr. Google to diagnose an injury or illness? Mm, uh, well, yes. let me say this. Yes. So yes is correct, but he sort of elaborates on that. 
Um, and and my clue is like, what's going on with Tim Taranto? Okay. <laughs> uh, um, he, he uses it, like he says, he uses it every day or he uses it regularly. Pretty much. Yeah. Too many times. Yeah. So that's what I want to know is what's going on with Tim Taranto? Like, is he got like OCD? Is he got, is he a hypochondriac? Why is he using Dr. Google too much? Well, uh, it, it implies... shocking diarrhea from his porn. Yeah, no, I think that's what it is. <laughs> so how do you cure <laughs> six people of gnocchi-related diarrhea? diarrhea. <laughs> you need to play a game of football in 24 hours. Uh, what's your idea for a perfect day? Sorry, I have to give you a clue yeah. because before you get too far, it's a, his answer is wonderfully ch like childlike and simplistic. So he's, it's almost like he's misunderstood the question because there, the question is like, plan your perfect day. Yeah. He has give his answer is this one element signifies a perfect day for me. Um, like if I, if you ask me to describe what a perfect day yeah. is, I say, well, it's, um, and you said it like felt childlike. Yeah, like it's very like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cute. That's kind of, well, not, not a, it's not like, you know, rainbows and unicorns. Yeah. It's like it's simply. It's not like no parents, man. Yeah. <laughs> no parents and no yeah. rules. <laughs> yeah, and I can eat lollies for dinner. <laughs> but not knocky. Um, uh, the idea of a perfect day outside in the sun. Like, is it well, something like that? Is it like yeah, that, right. He says, good weather. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's your idea of a perfect day? Good weather. Okay, sure. I mean, you're not technically wrong, but uh, what's something that you're proud of? Um, and I don't know, theoretically, I mean, I guess you can be proud of this, but it's, I've never heard anyone say this in relation to, it's, it's something that you own. Oh, um, and he's proud of what he owns. He's proud of his car. Yeah, proud of a, his. It's, no, it's not a no. It's not an object. It's a an sentient. An animal. Yes, he's proud of his dog. His dog. <laughs> Have you ever heard anyone say, "I'm really proud of my dog"? Well, I guess so. Uh, but I mean, it's unusual. Like, it's not a common yeah. saying. But I guess it's not completely nonsense. Have you ever felt proud of your dog? Oh yeah, no, definitely. When they've done the right thing, like when they. When they don't eat, like when they don't bark at a child or something. Yeah. Like, oh, well done. They're really proud of you. Or when they, yeah. like, I mean, play with a young kid well, you're like, I'm really proud yeah. of you. When they go to the toilet in the right place, I'm like, yeah, I'm really proud of you. Like, I mean, I have pretty low standards for what, like, I assign my pride to animals. <laughs> Me and Tim Taranto might get along in this fashion. Uh, can he keep a secret? Uh, yes. What's his biggest fear? Uh, and my clue is... A recent M. Night Shyamalan Getting film old? would have terrified him. Getting old. <laughs> Going to a beach where he gets immediately old. <laughs> I have um, this really what? specific fear that I will be in a hotel and a group. I will go with a group of people to a beach and I'll go for a swim <laughs> around the corner and I'll be like 30 years older. Is that a weird fear? What's, what's the biggest compliment he's ever received? Now, I'll make it easy for you. So the, uh, he... It's a, it's he, he's half as, half as beautiful as blank. And that oh, is to, a, a teammate. teammate. Half as beautiful as blank. You are. Now, I wouldn't say this is ordinarily the prettiest player at GWS. He's definitely like masculine. Mm. And he's not ugly, but he's like a man's man. He's, I guess he's good looking. I don't know. It's hard to judge. You'd, you would know better than your average neutral supporter. Callan Ward. 
Cal Ward. Is Cal Ward good looking? Yeah, he's he seems good sort of good looking. Yeah, he's good. It's hard to tell. It's more his machismo that's that's attractive, isn't it? With Cal, I know, like, but he's like he's basically like um, if one of the dudes from Hanson got real fit. Is he? Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I got to take a close look at Cal Ward. <laughs> No. Uh, if you could play an instrument, which one would it be? He gives two answers, two different instruments. Uh, the guitar. Yep. And the drums. I'm gonna go with no piano. You should have gone for the most obvious ones. Uh, what TV series are you binge watching? Um, this was a extremely popular teen drama of the mid to late noughties. It was only around for about three or four seasons, but it was incredibly popular for that time. Um, um, uh, did it have that guy who was like a a young Russell Crowe in it? Was that the one we're talking about? The yeah, Russell Crowe. Um, no, it's was, an American series. Yeah, no, there was like an American oh. series that it was like it it was based around this like kid who went from the wrong side of the tracks who went yes. to live with like yes. the yeah, rich yeah, city yeah. family, the, the Prince and, of Bel Air. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like the Fresh Prince. Yeah, and yes, he had an acting show. style that was very Russell Crowe style. Like yes. he, he clearly yeah, based his. He went on to play Jim Gordon in another yes, show. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they had the song. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, you don't know the name of that show? Um, no. Oh, Christ, Will. How do you not know the name? Oh, Will. How can <laughs> you not know the name of that show? <laughs> I understand you're giving me clues, but they're not helping. You're not getting them? No. Oh, Christ. <laughs> oh, can't you see what the answer is? The OC. Oh. <laughs> um, but now, this is bizarre. His best movie of all time, I read through the footy record, the round six footy record, and there was three play. I think something's going on in the zeitgeist. Okay. Because... I've told you in the past, like The Dark Knight seems to be incredibly popular amongst this new generation of footballers. This film has come up at least three times. It's a Martin Scorsese film from like 10 years ago, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, psychological thriller, Something Island. Oh, um, is, oh I was going to say it was called... I know, I absolutely know <laughs> the... I was going to say the t- Turtle Island. Uh <laughs> The island. Turtle Island. Um, yeah, it's definitely Turtle Island. Um, the Island of Dr. Moreau. No, I know the movie you're talking about. He goes like, there's that, he, he's he trapped on the island and there's that weird yeah. barn. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Shutter Island. It's Shutter so Island, Shutter Island yeah. is incredibly popular amongst this new generation of, uh, like, I guess footballers spend a lot of time together. Like, they all come up through the junior ranks together. So I guess they are all sharing info and you know, I know but streaming like, passwords and stuff. Never imagined the expression would be want to come around tonight for some knocky and a session of Shutter Island. Shutter Island. <laughs> well, mate, if you don't cook that uh, knocky properly, I'm probably going to be on Shutter Island, Shutter for, the Island. Of, <laughs> for the rest of the night. Uh, all right, let's get to the mailbag. If you want to yes. do, uh, if you want to contact us, you can at uh, Twitter on at Two Guys One Cup AFL, and we're also on Instagram at Two Guys One Cup AFL. Each week after the end of the round, we put a call out for your questions and comments. Let me just, we'll start with the uh, the gram. So these are the, see some of the questions. Okay. So a lot of questions about how will Kane Corns uh, respond. I think we've, we've, uh, we've covered that. Um, what was Will's take on the twerps drive-by on the dogs? That was from uh, El Gatto. 
Thank you, Elgato. Uh, my take is that I, I now am starting to understand how Cane Corn does it. Cane Corns does it, right? Which is, it's not just about reacting to, like my theory on Cane Corns so far has just been whatever the prevailing wisdom is, you believe the opposite, right? But what I realize is it's more complex than that. I've undervalued and underrated Kane here. What Kane does is he has a dirt file. On each club, he keeps a list. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just like song. They're all just there on the board so yeah. that when something goes wrong, you can then just yeah. sort of go to the board. I imagine yeah. he's got like little cards and he just picks off like, you know, the five that he needs to make the compelling argument that he has. So like, you know, when Ginovan, like, you know, perhaps was, yeah, he's out there on the ground, maybe does something wrong. Kane goes over, he picks off the card that says GoPro. He starts to fondle it between his fingers. He's like ready to go. But then, of course, yeah, yeah. When, he, when he kicks five goals, he puts it back, <laughs> back on the board. Blonde tips. Um, mm. Okay, uh, this is from Ed, who's a big uh, big Two Guys One Cup Thanks, fan. Ed. Sends us a lot of stuff. He was supplying most of the pocket profiles last year. Ed over in WA. The Frio Dockers, the lid is off. Book the bus. Talk about us. I need praise. We are insecure. <laughs> um, yeah, they look good. Super quick too. That's the one uh, thing I noticed about that game against Carlton is Carlton are not a slow side, but the Dockers made them look slow. Um, that's exciting. And it's exciting to think that Nat Fife will have to learn some players' names when he comes back. There'll be no more quick hands, quick hands when he gets back into this side. He better learn. I mean, he'll at least know Andrew Brayshaw's name, right? Well, here's what I enjoy about this is that I'm really fascinated to see what they do with Fife. Like, I mean, I've heard a few arguments that, you know, they might play him predominantly forward. Yeah, what a luxury. But it is one of those things where it almost, I mean, of course, you know, Fife will get a game in the team. He's a superstar player. But there is that, that thing where at the moment they seem to have such great balance that like bringing your Fife back in is going to throw out that balance regardless. Now, it might be in a positive way. They might find a way where it actually adds to what they're doing. But there's got to be a little bit of worry of going when Fife comes back, where does he play? How does it throw out the balance of this team and how they're playing at the moment? Because they are, oh, they're the real deal, Freo. Like they absolutely mm. feel like the real deal to me. Well, I don't know. Is, but it, when you've got a player of that quality... Like, can't you just... I mean, the great thing about Nat Fife is he can play anywhere. So if you've got... Surely you don't upset the balance because even if you are replacing the 22nd player in your team, like the guy who's played less than 20 games who you put into the forward pocket or the back pocket or something, like, wouldn't it be better to have Nat Fife than that kid? Well, except that Nat Fife isn't going to play a role necessarily in the same way as that kid. Yeah, right. That's the only thing that I'm thinking is that, you know, like... I mean, maybe we have to set Nat some challenges to get back into the team. Like, how many of his players would he have to identify to get back in? If you were the coach and you were just like, Nat, if you can name, like, out of the 22 that are going to be playing. At least a third. Yet, so he's got to, like, oh, name, like. Six. Six to eight, right? Whoever's, who, yeah, whoever's, wherever you're playing him, if he's playing in the forward right. line, he's got to be able to name, like, the forward, the front half. Yeah. Of the, of the team. I reckon that's right. Three quarters of the zone that he's playing in. At the very least, yeah, he's got yeah, to be able to exactly. name like six out of the eight players who are playing around him. <laughs> well, I guess it just sort of depends what kind of like, if they're playing sort of like zone defense, yeah. then it's fine. He just needs to know that name. But if it's all man on man and they're moving around a bit and you sort of like, you know, you, you, you take ownership of different players who come into your area, then you'd have to know more players. Now, that might be the biggest challenge. Like, 
forget doing like fitness tests. It's just going to be comprehension. Yeah. <laughs> when they get that back at training, he's just going to have to like, like meet all the players and then go back through the group and name who each one is. Like, do you think Nat Fife gets away with just call, like how many mates, you know, mates and buddies and pals does he get away with? This might be the play to get Fife to St Kilda. Because you could really pitch him, just go, mate, just say Jack or Jake. Just most of the time it'll be right. <laughs> you don't need to, you know, when he yeah. doubt, Jack or Jake, just go with that. <laughs> yeah. Mate, not it, Not even the coach knows the players' names. Have you seen those presses no. from Brett Brown? <laughs> it's fine, mate. Yeah, come on in. You'll fit right in. This is your sort of club. Uh, Ma, Ma, Mang, Mang, Mangori, Mangori and says, uh, why do people have such weird handles? Like mine is just my name. Just give yourself your, your actual name. Mangori and uh, says Lingy on his podcast has called GWS junk food. What type of food are the rest of the clubs? Let's not do all of oh. them, but let's think. So Melbourne would just be like, like a high end five star, you know, truffle oiled, you know, uh, just gourmet yeah. meal. They are fine dining. They yeah, are, what are, what are the know, bulldogs? best what are restaurants the bulldogs? in the world. They're winners of the Good Food Guide. Like, yeah, yeah, they're one of those restaurants that always makes every list of restaurants. That's who they are. I think uh, the Richmond, Bulldogs are like the hot jam donuts you get at Footscray Station. Yeah. Like, on the right, get them on the right day. Absolutely yeah. delicious. It's all you need to eat. But then some days the bag's just filled with grease. <laughs> you can, yeah. It goes transparent. They're a bit overcooked. Just no, just the, the jam's too hot. You burn your tongue. I think that is absolutely true. What's St Kilda then? Uh, I think St Kilda is like, um, it's like a salmon mm. that you th- you get like three quarters of the way through. You're like, this is delicious. And then you get a bone and the bone jabs into your gum. <laughs> and it's agonizing. <laughs> and everyone else ordered the same thing and none of no them got a bone. Got a bone. You can't work out how the fuck did that? I get the one the one salmon that, that's jabbed me in the gums. Richmond are definitely that uh, restaurant that you keep going back to because it used to be really great. And you're like, nah, they just had a bad night last time we were here. I know in my tippings, I tip like, Richmond to that restaurant. I'm like, no, it'll be good. It's, it'll be good. Yeah. This time, this week, it'll be good. And so what are Hawthorne? Hawthorne are just like the, the local that you go to most often. They're like the your local pub bistro or whatever, where you just know it's going to be good. Occasionally, they'll just they'll bring in a guest chef and they'll do something amazing. But most of the time, you're never going to have a bad meal when right. you eat at the Hawthorne restaurant. Yeah, uh, West Coast, just don't get takeaway. Good if you go to the <laughs> restaurant, but please do not get takeaway. Uh, Kurt wants to know who had the best goal and the mark of the round. Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what, Kurt? <laughs> the AFL every week have this thing called mark and goal of the round. And so you can go to the AFL website where they'll play the best ones. And uh, we have not seen enough football to possibly say. Um, Abby wants to know, or sorry, not Abby, Ashby wants to know uh, what is Buck's new top five list going to be about? Mm, interesting. Um, top five reading glasses. Mm. <laughs> Because he's always got them perched on the end of his nose. Uh, no, I'd like to see Bucks, like, you know, now that he, you know, obviously doesn't have to concentrate on football, um, you know, in that full-time fashion. I, I really do want to see, like, what his top fives are in other areas, you know? Like, maybe, like, a political top five. Could he have, like, a, you know, top five policies, you know, offered by the political parties in the election? Oh, yeah. Like, I'd really like, you know, someone just to cut through you know, the mess of what's going on. Top five, you know, streamers, you know, like I'd just like to see what's, what's on the streamers. I'd like to, top five podcasts that Nathan Buckley is listening to. I'd like that. Uh, Oscar says, with Ben McKay suspended, are you all in on the theory that uh, only one McKay exists? So are you aware of this, that in the six years yeah, they've that the never McKay played. brothers have never been played playing, in the same game? 
never played against each other. And it looks like yeah. it won't happen this year. Because they're the either. same person. So they're absolutely 100% the same, the same person. person. Had there even been like a photograph, like when they're on their draft day, there would have been a photo of them together, like in their respective I mean, if jumpers. If you can believe but it, that's what they want you photo? to believe, that it was two people in different jumpers. Well, maybe there was two people back then, <laughs> but maybe one of them has mysteriously disappeared. Or maybe it's like, you know, it's a bit like the prestige where the two of them are living life as like sort of one person. So like there is actually two brothers, but one goes on and one goes off each season. On Right. So that, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, at any yeah. stage, like only one brother is in the mix and the other brother's off living their best life. So, it, oh yeah, it would suck though. Like, oh, I guess they're alternate because one's playing for Carlton, which are on the way up and one's playing for North, which are just like, so do you think they, before the season starts, they look, look, to be fair, you can play like, you know, 11 games for Carlton and I'll play 11 games for, for Carlton. And so that way they both get an equal share of like playing in a winning team and a losing team. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what the, the arrangement they've made between the brothers. Is it like, you know, we... <laughs> uh, Lee wants to know, should Wegg, the artist Wegg, be in the AFL Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, why not? I would like to see Wegg take a Larry Pickering turn. Not politically, not in his opinions, mm. but just like, I want to see the premiership poster where you can see the mascot's dick. Right. Well, I mean, it's going to be tough for Wegg to take that turn because Wegg is dead. Wig is not with oh. us for a while, I believe. Isn't Larry Pickering also dead? <laughs> I believe so, yes. Um, uh, uh, Samantha wants to know, uh, Connor West of the West Coast Eagles is a new WA hairstyle representative. Yes. I've seen a lot of the WA mm. hairstyles creeping across into the way. Even Sydney have players now with West Coast hair, which makes sense because West Coast aren't representing enough. Um, Waterman wants to know is Joe Danaher the best key forward in the comp or is he at least the goofiest looking well <laughs> I think <laughs> I think one of those statements is very true I won't say which one uh, the burning clock says uh, <laughs> I love this he's actually got it uh, it's miswritten it, but it makes sense Saint you're killing me seems to be working <laughs> it's yes Saint killing me but yeah. I'll allow it are you worried that someone might come up with something better and another team will come good with some catchy insults. For instance, you've got the worst coast, the goofy coast, the low voltage power, is Don, is bad, um, the lesser little giants, nothing North Melbourne, the crow rots, the crow rits, the died in South Australia. The died in South Australia? I don't get that. The pride of South Australia, the died of South Australia. Okay, I get sure. It. Um, yeah, I guess some, I mean, worst coast, I've never, that's so obvious. I've never heard any, I mean, West Coast have never really been bad before. So I've never heard that, but that's pretty good. The worst coast Eagles, but it's not the worst, the worst coast. coast Eagles. They're bad, but it, like the coast itself is delightful. The Western Australian coast. <laughs> yeah. Let's not write the coast off. Uh, April says, Oliver Dempsey, the debutant for Geelong, uh, looks like at least four players at Geelong. They all have shoulder length blonde hair with a headband. That's true. Yeah. That is the, even like Reece Stanley, has that look as well. Yeah. Well, he's trying. His hair's not quite as long as Stuart and the other guys. Maybe that's what Nick Revolt needs to harp on about. Rather than his actual football ability, maybe Nick just needs to write him harder about, mate, if you're going to wear a headband, at least have hair that warrants a headband. Yeah, I agree with that. But that is the new Geelong look. That feels to me like if we're looking at an identifiable Geelong look, that is it. Long, long blonde hair with a headband. Uh, and we'll just finish with this uh, bit of correspondence from Elise, who went to see your show this weekend, Will. Mm. Um 
she said, I've shared, I was sharing this view, she sent, sent a photo uh, from the Melbourne Richmond game with my dad and I got this response. So dad's asked, where are you? She says, in the city. And he sends, she sends him the photo and he says, oh yes, I see the sign, very good. And she's sitting right up in the third tier and he's gone, you appear to be higher than Will Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> well done, dad. Bravo. <laughs> well done, Dad. Okay, that's two guys, one cup for this week. Uh, please, uh, if you like uh, our, 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 our banter, <laughs> check out our other podcast at tofop.com. We have one called Tofop, which is just like this one, but with slightly less football talk. We do another one called Fofop, where Will and I take it in turns to chat to other people. This week, I have film critic and pop culture critic Guy Davis on, where we do a retrospective of Bruce Willis movies. And what do we talk about on Tofop? We talk about the Blues Fest. Me going to day three of Blues Fest and seeing Crowded House and how I'm too old to do music festivals anymore. Yeah, it's a real turnaround between the two episodes because last week's episode is all about yeah. you loving Midnight Oil on the Friday night. And then <laughs> this week's episode is all about you trying to go back on a Sunday and basically completely, much like Hating the Bulldogs it. this season, not being able to back up your form from the previous season. <laughs> Uh, do you have any shows to plug now that Comedy Festival is over? Uh, yeah, I do actually. Um, so Sydney Sydney next weekend, I am doing Willogical, my award-winning Willogical show um, for a couple of nights. And then on the Sunday night, I am doing What You're Talking About, Will, my improvised show. And then election weekend, I am in Brisbane doing Willogical. In fact, you can come and see Willogical on election night. Spend election night with what? me if you would like. I can. And then, oh, the audience you're talking, not, not me. Well, I mean, you can as well. But okay, sure. I meant the audience. The paying <laughs> audience is actually what I meant. And then <laughs> no Sunday freebies, night. No mooches. <laughs> The night after the election, uh, what you talking about, Will, my completely improvised show. So fair to say that I'll probably talk about what happened in the election, at least in part. Awesome. Uh, play on, not 15. Bo. We are two guys, one car. Listener.